if people feel like I'm in control of my life and therefore the responsibility of A, B, and C turning out a certain way is on me or is on another person, where you're going to run into some issues there, right? Because we're not in control. We have choices. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast. Do you want a healthier spiritual diet? We're stocking the storehouse with spiritual nutrition, marinating on the word of God, and leading you to the meals that truly fuel a soldier of the Lord. And this is season nine, Obey. It's an acronym that stands for Obey Him Before Anyone Else. This season, let's look at how obedience and a lack thereof impacts our relationship with Him and with everyone else. Join us and friends from over 70 countries as we feast on Jesus, not junk food. You can even be a friend who keeps the show going. Become a partner at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast for just $5 a month. And now let's dig into this meal. Hey. Hello. Oh, man, it is exciting to be here. I know. Go I'm, figure. Go figure. I, I, mean, I always say this time. every single time. <laughs> it is exciting, though, because, um, man, we, you know, all in your head, right? Yeah. I think that sometimes we can get all in our heads. Yes. Um, especially when it comes to Bible, when it comes to, like, all of these things that we're supposed to know, supposed to learn, supposed to understand. I mean, one of the verses that jumps out, Matthew 5, 48, where it says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. What if I don't even what if I don't even have an example for a father? How would I how would I get to this point mentally in my mental health, right? Yeah. How would I get here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited because this week we have someone very special that we have wanted on the show for several seasons mm. and it just wasn't the right time and now it is. And so this week we are going to be talking to Takara Hudson. She's a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Georgia that's been in the mental health field for over a decade. And she has a private practice called Cultivated Hearts, where she provides counseling and mental health education. So welcome to Cara. We're going to jump right in. We're so happy to have you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so I, much. I've heard nothing but good things about you because I know that you and my wife have sat in the Zoom chats and I know that you, you know, you we're, we're related uh, and, and, and at least knowing uh, Tierra. And so it's I, I'm excited just to have you on the show. I've yes. heard so many good things about you and how you just work you. through the Bible and use God in everything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate the invite. Yeah. So, so yeah, so this season, Obey, we're about halfway through the season when you guys are listening to this and we're thinking about obedience, but we're thinking about it from this stance of religion meeting relationship. People hear religion that can Mm. be triggering. People hear obedience, triggering, Mm. submission, triggering, relationship, triggering all these words for mental health based on your life experiences and what you've got going on can be triggering and that's why we wanted to bring you on because when especially when we had our little side chat you already Mm -hmm. had dropped some really good little nuggets so where when you hear about this topic about obedience and how that can benefit you in your relationship with God and with others like where does that take you as someone who's sitting there with those that are struggling with relationship in general I think that when it comes to this this intersection right of obedience and our mental health and emotional health we have a lot of barriers right. here. So you already mentioned like the triggers, right? These words that are triggering. We have emotional things that come up when we hear those words. We have memories um, and experiences that come up when we hear those words. Um, but we have a lot of barriers. So when you talk about religion and you talk about um, obedience in mental health, we already have some challenges that are, that are coming up, um, depending on your background and, and what your experience has been when it comes to 
the church community, mental health is not a word that you will hear. You will not hear those two words in the same sentence. And so um, there's a lot of barriers when it comes to that. There's a lot of the the, the cultural and experience, the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis that prevent, prevent us from being able to connect those things automatically. So I think it's good to like set that out on, you know, in front to say, okay, it's important for us to recognize that there's some barriers for, for these two things to coexist anyway. So um, I just want to put that out there. But as we kind of navigate this, I think one of the biggest things that sticks out to me personally is that our relationship with God is personal. Mm-hmm. It's a personal relationship. And so what we have, what that opens the door to is how do we think about our relationships? And so uh, it's easy to kind of go to a place of, of, okay, this is what the Bible says sometimes, or this is what we're supposed to do. And even like those check boxes that we kind of lean towards a little bit more, uh, great but at the same time if we aren't conscious and aware and sensitive to the way that we are thinking about our relationships in general we will forget that those experiences we project into our relationship with god and so if we don't deal with those things if we don't have a way of checking into those areas then it's going to show up in our relationship with god and interfere with our ability to be obedient and to be able to love people well and so i think at, at its core it's important for us to remember when it comes to Christianity, it is a relational faith. It's one that is relational. And so we got to dig through some of the the creases and crevices of relationships, how we think about them, how we approach them, um, the way that they have uh, impacted us, the things we've internalized when it comes to our experiences to help us kind of sort through having a healthy relationship with ourselves, with other people and with God. Mm. So, so let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit because mm-hmm. boundaries, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're, these boundaries that pop up mm-hmm. examples of those, like something that people could tangibly take away and say like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, that, that makes some sense to me because we hear boundaries all the time. It's like, and I, it's a couple of different things you said. It's mm-hmm. like projecting ourselves into God. Okay. Well, that's already mm-hmm. like, okay, it's like, I think that gets us in trouble in one place. But then what are these boundaries that would lead us to, to the ideologies of projecting in or him projecting onto us? I think our major issue is that we usually don't have boundaries. Ah. Um, we, and, and where you can find issues with boundaries is your expectations. You know, when, when someone has shown up in a way or not shown up in a way and you're disappointed or devastated uh, or your entire life is spiraling because of this interaction, that gives you an indication. I may not have good boundaries there. Um, when you think about um, you know, some of the uh, the failures that we've experienced in life and, and, and all of these things are around expectations. What do we expect from our relationships? What do we expect from ourselves? Right. When we talk about failure and, and we kind of go into that space, well, I wanted my, I wanted to show up in a specific way and I didn't. Um, I, or my relationship failed because of A, B and C. I made certain choices. And so there has to be a way for us to understand what does health look like? And so boundaries are great. But I think an important part about boundaries is that Boundaries is not just about healthy distance between us and ourselves. Um, It's also about protection. What are we protecting in that space? And so sometimes we have to kind of peel back some of those layers to examine, okay, what is it that I'm guarding in my life emotionally or relationally? You know, where is it that I'm not feeling safe? That's where I'm going to put 
something there to protect me from this other person where boundaries um, and we talk about I've talked about this before with boundaries versus barriers boundaries are supposed to be fluid they help us to assess what's healthy in our relationships but barriers are about I need to create space between me and you because I don't trust you because you've hurt me because there are some other issues there and so one is out of a place of health and the other one is out of, out of a place of hurt and so there are there's some layers here when you talk about boundaries it's a very big topic there's some layers there but um all of those things interact with our relationship with god and our relationships with with other people yeah i think of when I when I tell people this, I think of it as a comforting term when I say, you know, it's about relationship. It's not about religion. It's not about checkboxes. But what's funny is why do we always tend to lean back in or a lot of people tend to lean back into the religion because there's comfort there mm-hmm. in if I do these things, I'm good. Whereas relationship for most of us, like you've said, there are so many layers to peel back. There's so much that we don't even know about ourselves. It's for a lack of a better mm-hmm. word. It's very messy. And it's hard to define and it's not like you can define it for me and you in one go, you know, and it's it's going to look so it's actually not always comforting when someone hears it's about it's not a religion, it's a relationship. It's actually not comforting for some people if they've had really Mm -hmm. unhealthy relationships, whether or not Mm -hmm. it's because the other people were doing all kinds of crazy stuff and that traumatized them or if because of just the life they've lived and, and their personality and who they are. They're the one with these unhealthy boundaries that they've been putting up and, and barriers that result from that. I mean, it's when it comes to relationship, there's the blame doesn't all sit in one place. I think that for a lot of folks, it doesn't register that my relationships matter and they're connected to one another. And so if I have a great re- relationship experience, then those experiences carry a story. They carry a narrative. They carry a ton of emotions. They, they carry things that then go into another relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that that's a major barrier for us is that we treat our, our relationships in compartments. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't think that our relationship with God or things with the church or things related to our church family have anything to do with our relationships at home or our relationships at work or our relationships with strangers. We don't necessarily connect those dots. And so I think that just kind of puts puts blind spots. Uh, It prevents us from being able to kind of create some resolution in those spaces um, and 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 some peace even get some peace in those areas so that we're able to love others well as we are in relationship with God. And so if, if there was one big thing I would say, I would say it's the compartments mm. that we put things in different places, usually because um, they feel safe right. there, usually because um, we don't necessarily want to admit sometimes that this terrible relationship that I had when I was a, a child is impacting my current marriage and impacting my parenting style and impacting the issues that I'm having at work, because then that means there's something with me that I have to to look at. And um, in the previous episode with, with um, Tierra, you were re- referring to that passage in James chapter one, where it talks about looking in the mirror, right? And so we don't want to do that. We don't want to look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, there are some things about myself that I haven't been doing, that I haven't been diligent about, that I haven't addressed um, that's impacting my relationships. And so if, if, if there was one thing that I could say, I would say that's a, a major thing that I see um, in, in counseling and my interactions with people. Yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. Psalms 139, where it says, search me, oh God, <laughs> is one of the, 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 the hardest verses to really grab a hold of. And say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be open. I'm going to let somebody in. 
Um, I, I sat in the, on this side of the council, you know, you're on that side and, and I've sat there and, mm-hmm. you know, in my mentality, actually I had a little epiphany as we're sitting here. It's like, they kept asking me how I was going to do the work and kind of like, I had to come to my own conclusions. That's kind of my mm-hmm. experience. You know, it's like, it's like, wait, I don't even know how to fix myself. But in some ways, what I'm hearing with the compartmentalizing, it's a, yeah, they had no answers. <laughs> maybe maybe I was so shut up and so walled that, that, they, <laughs> that they sat there. They're like, you got to give me something. <laughs> uh, because because yeah. I think that, that that is an opening point. So when when we started to think about this and, and I, I there's the Christian side of counseling and then there's the non-Christian side of counseling. And, and I think that, you know, I, I'm, I'll speak it on my side. I, I really believe that Christ is the way you know, to, to healing and, and, and to getting better. Um, so on those, mm-hmm. on those instances where you're talking to someone who is a believer, who, who, how do you get them to the idea? I mean, there's so many verses, uh, cast all your anxieties on me, uh, on who the, you mean that heavenly father mm-hmm. that I don't have, that I don't even know what the relationship is like. Right. How do you dig into that though? Cause I, I'm really interested in like how you would go mm-hmm. about this because I know how I did on the civilian side, you know, on the non-Christian, mm-hmm. the, the secular side is the better way to say that. Um, and I just felt sure. like so lost because I didn't even know who I was. Mm. And so how, how do you yeah. dig that apart? I think, yeah. I think a big part, when it comes to counseling people from a Christian perspective is meeting them where they are. And and it's something that we hear all the time, but we don't always do. We don't usually do very well um, because we want people to be at a certain place. We want them to be where we're at. We, we had these expectations once again around what that's supposed to look like. And so in my seat as the counselor, I get the distinct pleasure of, of practicing that on a regular basis. And for some people it's going back to, Here's the way I see it. Many times it's easier to help people with the things they can see versus the things that they can't see. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about faith and we talk about religion, there's so much around things that we can't see. Okay, there's God. I can't see him. Right. Uh, There's these, uh, you know, even when it comes to theology and all these different things, there are ideas that we're trying to wrap our heads around. um, And that is usually can be a hard place to start. Um, usually it's starting with the things that you can see. And for me as a counselor, um, that's how are you sleeping? What is your eating looking like? You know, um, what uh, type of interactions have you been having? What, what triggers are you able to identify? What are the things that you can see? And usually that's the behavior, usually the unwanted behavior that people are seeing in their lives on a day-to-day basis. And so that's usually a better place to me uh, and usually an easier place to start because then you can start to trace it, right? Um, Okay, I'm having problems with sleep. Well, when did that start? Okay. And what do you think is contributing to that? Okay. Right. Then you can start to peel back those layers and get to some of the things that aren't as tangible for people to, to, to uh, trace that back mm. to. And so that's usually what it looks like for me and my perspective with folks um, when we're trying to work through um, issues and, and navigating the faith part. And I think sometimes we, we have to be honest that Many people haven't had the greatest experiences when it comes to um, the church community or how they may have interacted with folks. And so sometimes it's not safe. It's not a safe place to start with the religious aspect. Is it there? Yes. We're whole beings in our spirit and our soul is a part of that. But it's not always the best place to start in my uh, in my experience. Sometimes when we're trying to help or listen or talk, we're also 
you know, labeling things as like, well, we need to address your Christian stuff first. In the same way that they're compartmentalizing <laughs> it, like, oh yeah, I don't want to talk about my Christian stuff. They're like, oh no, but we need to talk about the Christian stuff. When really it's like God's concerned with our whole self. So technically right. from his vantage point, it's all Christian stuff, even if we don't know or realize or see that. And I love that you are starting with these things that, you know, I don't know, like sometimes we hyper spiritualize stuff and we mm. focus there and you're looking at just loving them and meeting them where like, are you eating? Because I could see if we yeah. had a conversation about food, I can already think about like where we might end up just talking about when mm-hmm. I eat, why I eat, what I'm eating um, and why mm-hmm. I'm not eating. And when I'm not eating, you know, mm-hmm. like those kind of things. So well, I think I feel, it's so I cool. Feel, I, I feel convicted. I should I should get back to that that doctor. <laughs> I feel like I was difficult. I actually got fired. I actually, she fired I me. Fired. I actually she fired me oh, as, wow. a, as a as a patient. Uh, but, <laughs> because of those. But see, wow. here's, here's the deal too, though, in that idea of of, car, of how we are and how we're geared. I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm jacked up, and you want to know what I ate. I'm jacked up, but you want to know mm. if I slept last night? Man, what's wrong with you? He's not the <laughs> give, No, but watch. But give, <laughs> give me a fix. And, and it's like, it's not that easy. And, and so, like, conversations right. like these, actually, it's opening my eyes. So, anyway, I just thought I'd throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things, like, when people are struggling with letting go and trusting the Lord, like, how do you kind of help them find a way to grow mm-hmm. closer and begin to trust God? What are some of the obstacles and then what are some of your methods to kind of help them in, in that arena? One is prayer. Um, so prayer is an important part of, of the process. Um, I I don't know the answers. Right. You know, people sit in front of me with very complicated lives, um, very um, challenging things that they've experienced. And one thing that helps me in helping them uh, is to realize where my limitations are. And so one of the, one of the biggest kind of things as far as getting people to a place where they might um, experience more obedience is recognizing what are those barriers that are in the way. Um, If people feel like I'm in control of my life and therefore the responsibility of A, B, and C turning out a certain way is on me or is on another person, well, you're going to run into some issues there, right? Because we're not in control. We have choices, right? But we're not in control. And so some of those nuances just in talking those things out, just in exploring those things more deeply, people are able to embrace their limitations, which going back to that that conversation we had earlier about boundaries, boundaries is about embracing your limitations, mm-hmm. understanding how far you can go and and extending that grace to other people who are also limited. And so um, I would say embracing our limitations is a big part of that and um, not blaming themselves, right? Because that was the weight of things turning out a specific way is not one that we can bear. What I tell my my clients all the time is that our hands are too little. Our hands are too little to carry Mm -hmm. something that big. And so when we start to, to, to identify, well, what is my lane? And then this is God's lane. And then this is other people's lane. Now I can do, I can run my, I can run in my lane Mm. better. I can drive in my lane more effectively, more efficiently, more intentionally, because I'm clear about what that is. And so um, I think all of those kind of conversations lead to people understanding, okay, this is my limitation. Okay, God, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, I need some support, right? Because if we're if we're limitless, 
if we're in control, if all of it is on us, then we don't need God. We don't need a God in that world. And so um, embracing those limitations is a big part of, 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 of embracing our humanity, right? Because we can't get to a place of honoring God's divinity if we don't embrace our humanity. And so if there's this this competition between us and our will and what we want and God and his will and what he, and what he wants, then then we're going to have some strife there. But if I'm able to say, OK, this is where my lane starts. This is where God begins. This is what other people's role is. Then I can not only have good boundaries. I can embrace my limitations. I can enjoy having a helper. I can enjoy having a guy who can take on all of the weight of what's going on in our lives. And I can hold people accountable, but also not hold them responsible for things that they're also not responsible right. for. So everybody gets to be in its respective place. That helps us to be able to clear the way of, okay, God, I can hear you now. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, I can see you now because I'm not in my way. Other people aren't in the way. So that would, that's usually um, how it ends up. That. Although yeah. we go a lot of, of course routes uh, to get there. But no, yeah. I, I, I like that. I was actually for like on a verse today, uh, Psalms fifty one seventeen, and I've really been trying to unpack this verse because I think it's like it's amazing and also like very confu not confusing but like hard to accept. It's like uh, it says the mm-hmm. sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. No one wants to be broke. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, a broken spirit. Hold on, a broken and contrite heart. Oh uh, what? But watch this. Oh God, mm-hmm. you will not despise. It's amazing, like what you're talking about when we're getting to that point. Um, them turning to you. Mm-hmm is a, a starting mm-hmm. point. They don't understand where they're mm-hmm. at, but they know that they're mm-hmm. not it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, and they go into right. that internal battle of like, I am it. No, I'm not it. No, I am it. And, and finally, I think when we get to that point of God, where it's like the biggest sacrifice we can do, right. Is mm-hmm. allow our spirit to be in that state. Our spirit, my spirit, I spirit say, Hey, look, mm-hmm. cause I think that's our, it's, but this is me. This is me. This is who I am. Right. How many times have I said that, you know, in my life, this is who I am. And it's like, God's like, no, that ain't who you are. But, but no, you know, but right. we have to get to that breaking point. And, and I think that what you do is beautiful. And what you just said is beautiful. It's like, get, get in your own. We got to, we got, you know, they got to find that lane. They got, they got to yeah. find that lane where they're not like just bumping heads with everything. You know, we're going to bump heads with the world. We're going to bump heads with God. But, you know, it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. kind of cool that as we start to define that lane and we start to move down that lane, that the, the bumping becomes mm-hmm. a little bit less. In fact, we end up bumping the world more than we end up bumping God. It's kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait, y'all still coming at me. And God's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm here for you. <laughs> right. And I think it's, it's a really important thing to acknowledge that everybody's barriers are mm-hmm. different you know, in that space. And so I think sometimes when we're interacting as Christians with other Christians and we're trying to support them or we want them to learn or grow or be shaped in a certain way that we got to recognize everybody's life doesn't look the same. And when we talk about trauma, when we talk about childhood, when we talk about um, racism and, and discrimination, when we talk about institutionalized systems that are against and oppressing people, that's not light. When we minimize those experiences, we run into some issues with connecting to people and we run into issues with being able to love them well. I can't meet you where you're at if I I just wish you were somewhere else. I just wish you were closer so I didn't have to walk as far. I just wish you were right over here so that I could, it wouldn't be as much work for me, right? If we're honest. And so as we're walking with people, we got to be able to say, man, that, that, that tree trunk that's in the middle of your road, that's major. 
That's important. There are things that about your identity that's attached to that. Let me help you break down this tree so we can get it out mm. of the way versus saying, oh, well, you know, I've seen a tree before. Just go around it this way or I'll show you. No, like that tree is impacting you in a real way. And, I, and if I'm loving you well and if I'm supporting you, um, then I got to be able to identify with how that tree is impacting you, whether or not I have a tree in my lane or not. Right. Right. Uh, I, sorry. I know we usually jump around like that, but you hit a word that I love identity. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and defining identity and defining the difference between who I say I am and who mm-hmm. God says I am. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, that mm-hmm. obedience walk is tough, mm-hmm. but it's also very edifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. The more that we mm-hmm. dig into who God says we are, it opens like man, you were sitting in there and you, and you, you know, you're rolling through a bunch of stuff, but like in there, you know, like it's like, it's institutionalized, you know, this, this, this institutions, man, and all that stuff. It's not light. Mm-mm. It's not light, Mm-mm. you know, and, and, and everything Mm-mm. that God is, is light. So if you're, if it's shining in darkness on you and, and it's not God. And, and, and I mean, I don't know how many times I struggled in my life with that, that horrible identity crisis. Of who right. I, and, and look, trying to have the world define me, and, mm-hmm. and then I ha- and man, I ran it. Honestly, I hit rock bottom. I hit rock bottom going that right. route, trying to have. Like, oh, you, mm-hmm. I need them to tell me who I am, or I need the, the, you know them to lift me up. And, and all of a sudden, it's like God says, "No, I'm taking all that away from you. You don't need any of that. I need to tell you who you are." And in that moment, that mm-hmm. was the most healing moment in my life because identity drives. A lot of our feelings, our emotions, our actions, we, we think we're caught somewhere when we're not. We think that this is the label yeah. that's been put on me and it's not. And it's just amazing that the identity, I'm sorry, I just, oh, identity no, I is my favorite. It, I identity, love identity pumps them up. And what's funny is I was on that same track picking <laughs> up the identity because what we keep hitting on is that mm-hmm. we want to think like, oh, like, when it comes to when you think about submission and obedience, sometimes when someone's hurting, we're like, well, you just need to obey more. You need to just submit more. And yes, mm-hmm. but of course <laughs> we just need to not be angry. We just right. need to not be scared. We oh, just yeah, need right. to, you know, and it brings me to Mark two seventeen, where he says, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Right. And what's mm-hmm. funny is you read that first and you're, and, and if you're in a place where you, you're ready to accept Christ or you already have, you understand you're one of those sick folk. But what, but mm-hmm. then what I've always seen is I was like, but he came for every, he died for everyone. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. If he came for not mm-hmm. the righteous, but for the sinner, if he came for that means everybody's sick, but he's saying he only mm-hmm. came for the sick as if there's some people walking around who, and I, I realized you have to identify mm-hmm. as sick or a sinner, or you won't seek out a doctor which is part mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. true identity that we are, this broken, contrite heart. Um, and one of the things that breaks us is having an identity that we d- devised of our own or that we've relied on other people to tell us or our experiences to tell us. A lot of people this season, their experiences shaped who they were for so long until they came to Christ. Um, and so like what I, what I keep hearing is, is that what you said earlier about prayer 
right? Mm. Building the relationship from wherever you're at. He will ultimately always meet Mm. you where you're at. And then identity, Mm -hmm. it's not just saying I am loved by God. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, all the good. It's also like, I'm a sinner. Right. That Mm -hmm. allow, that gives me the ability to have great, to give myself grace because I don't have the, what you said earlier, expectation that I need to be perfect. (laughs) A couple of things there. I want to talk about identity and then I want to come back to the um, the uh, um, anyway, it'll all come back. <laughs> all right, so when it comes to when it comes to the identity part, I think it's huge because we say things like our identity is in Christ. But nobody like what does that right. mean? You know what I mean? It's like, OK, what exactly am I supposed to do with that? And so many times we know more of what our identity is not than what our identity is. And so a major part of that identity part is internalizing. Like those experiences that we have, when we've internalized them, that means, okay, it's not just this thing that happened, right? Because this happened, that then gives me a message about my worth and my value. Now I have adopted this and I'm saying, this is my personality. This is just who I am. This is just how I show up when it's not, that's not what it, we have adopted it as that because we internalize those experiences. And so w- what I love about counseling um, is that it, it provides that safe space for you to separate those mm-hmm. things. Like I need to separate my experience for, from who I am because they don't equal one another. They may contribute or take away from who I am, but they don't equal mm-hmm. that. Right. And so, uh, which is huge when we talk about obedience and then disobedience and then shame and guilt. And, and there's a lot tied into those those experiences that that make it really difficult for us to move from, OK, God, this is uh, there, here's the checklist of the things that I need to check off versus you are a person who wants to interact with me. And but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like you love me. I don't I'm not sure if you see me. And so and a lot of that those barriers come from our interactions with people. So back to what you were saying about, hey, what does it look like for um, us to identify with those people who have had those those branches in the road uh, and, and not be able to meet them at that place, right? It, it, it communicates that we don't see them. Mm-hmm. And, and for some people, they meet that way before they mm-hmm. meet God. Right. They have those experiences way before they interact with God. And so it's like if you're a representative of God and this is how you treated me or this is how you talk to me, this is how you interact with me. Then I don't really want to be associated with that guy. Mm. Right. Right. You know, I I was sitting with somebody today and we're just talking about simple evangelism. And, you know, it it was mentioned out there, you know, some things. And I I, I just kept taking it back to love. I think when you because I mean, okay, counseling. It, evangelism on the street it's 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 kind of you have to adopt some of these the, these ideologies of a counselor like i can't just go out there mm-hmm. and beat this person into submission right. <laughs> for them to receive the gospel i'm sorry y'all you can you can sit there and think you're going to stand on the pr- and you might reach somebody look the holy spirit works in different ways <laughs> but i've always found and michelle's always found that when we're out there um number 1 being consistent um you know you mm-hmm. provide a consistent space for somebody you provide probably mm-hmm. that love. You know, it's like I'm meeting you where you're at. That's love. Um, compassion is part of that. Who cares if we agree or disagree? The, the point of the matter mm-hmm. is that person has to find that reality that God is going to be mm-hmm. that answer. 
And they need to see God there too. God, I mean, God corrects God. Hey, look, someone walks in your place and says, well, I did this this weekend. Probably wasn't the smartest thing. I'm sure you let them know like, Hey, that might not been the smartest thing. You know, (laughs) you know, there could be consequences to that, but at the same time it's love. And we just kept coming back to this love and that grace. And, and see what I I guess what I'm trying to, to kind of carry here is we're talking counseling, but I'm, I'm also aligning our Christian walk because the church has a way to hurt people, right? Um, we're not perfect. I get it. We're not perfect. Um, but we have to adapt some of these meet people where they are at skills mm-hmm. and, and then love yeah, on it and absolutely. love on them and give them grace. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if some, <laughs> boy, I almost did it. I almost did it. I almost said if someone goes up on stage and smacks somebody, <laughs> give them grace. <laughs> but we don't need to go there. We don't, but give them grace is what I'm saying is give them grace. I think it's great. It's a great idea. It's a great idea to be gracious and kind and gentle and loving and patient with people. But it's not what we're met with more times than right. not. And so when you talk about that, that's I don't think that counseling is the only space where people can learn these mm-hmm. things or these things can be uh, adapted or groomed or grown. I think we all have the capacity to create safety uh, in our relationships with the people that we have um, in our in our sphere of, of, of influence. Um, but I think that it's those are great ideas, right? They're great ideas until it's time for us to do that. Right. Or until someone until we're triggered and you can't. The biggest thing that I learned about counseling, being a counselor, is that if you don't deal with your stuff, (laughs) it's going to Mm. impact your ability to see and help other people. You you have to do the work within before you do the work Mm. on the outside. If you don't do the work on the inside first then you're not going to be able to even see how you may be showing up in a way that's unloving, that's unkind, that's religious, right? And so when we talk about like all these things, the way that those things grow is in environments where there's transparency Mm. and there's safety. And if I tell you something about what's going on in my life and then I hear about it later because you're gossiping, then you're no longer safe. If I come to, if I've shared something with you and then now um, you don't want to talk to me anymore and you don't want to associate with me anymore, then you're not safe. And so when, when we forget, right, going back to what you said earlier, Michelle, um, when we forget where we've come from, if we forget that we're a sinner, if we forget that we have problems and issues, then we're not going to be able to meet people where they are. We're going to be short-sighted, right? It talks about that in Second Peter 2-ish or something around there, where it talks about how um, if you, when we forget that we are sinners, we're short-sighted. We're not able to be productive in our faith, and that's what that looks like. And so we need a lot of help. Our, our church, com- and not all church communities are the same, but we need a lot of help to grow in these areas, to be kind and to be gentle with people who are going through things that we want to slap a label on and call it whatever we want to call it that prevent people from coming back and working through those things. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> I call that a miracle when I when a human being with all mm. of their stuff that their little hands are not meant to carry finally just drops it and mm. says, I'm going to jump like that is one of the most miraculously beautiful things that the world that I've ever seen or heard of in the world. Um because it happens before we're indwelled. And that's what's amazing. Um, but, but when you're, when you're 
talking about all of this, um, one thing that we haven't brought up that I wanted to make sure to have on here um, is when we had our Mm -hmm. little side chat, we were talking about um, when it says, okay, have a relationship with the Lord. And there's different types of relationship issues that you brought up Mm -hmm. and it was brilliant. And I I definitely wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. there was a little a little section for that. Um, And I I don't remember Mm -hmm. all of them. One was, you know, um, people pleasing. What are some of the things um, that people struggle with that they might not realize is not just impacting their person to person relationships, but also their God and person relationship? Yeah, so definitely the things that you mentioned. Um, I think a lot of what people are dealing with is an extension of poor boundaries or no boundaries. So and there's ways that we try to overcompensate for things that have occurred in our life. Sometimes that's where people pleasing is born. Um, maybe grew up in an environment where, um, you know, you didn't feel like you were good enough. And then you had this emotional experience where someone was pleased with you. And it's like, man, I like how that feels. I like that that you, you, you like me, you want me around and, and you value me in a certain type of way. And that emotional experience carries over into other uh, relationships. Um, so people pleasing, absolutely. Um, I think fear plays a big role in our relationships. Um, I think that uh, conflict, (laughs) (laughs) avoiding conflict, right? And so when we don't have language to describe what we're experiencing on the inside, we avoid things when we, or we've tried to address things and they didn't turn out very well. So I, I'm not going to do that again. Right. And so conflict is a huge thing. Expectations that I mentioned are are major. Right. If we find that we're often disappointed by people, you know, I just don't trust anybody. You know, I'm just going to figure this out by myself. All of those things are extensions of failed expectations, usually because we didn't have good boundaries in place and usually because we didn't know how to. I mean, where are we learning this at? We're not learning this in our home environment most of the time. We're not learning this at school. We're not learning this at church. Where are we learning it? School of the hard knocks, mm. right? You're just out here in these streets <laughs> having these interactions and learning it out, you know, learning it the hard way when it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but those are the things that that pop up um, in our relationships. Um I think when we have uh, uh, when we trust people too much, right, when we put too much of that weight on other people, we're gonna find ourselves in trouble, right? And Jeremiah seventeen talks about that, right? If we make people our strength, right. there's a certain outcome, right? There's a certain picture that happens when we do that versus we're making the Lord our strength. And so, um, yeah, we have some. We're gonna run into some issues there. Um, Mother daughter relationships. I mean, really, you can go on and on. Any type of relationship where there's a, a power dynamic, right? We got issues with authority. Um, we have issues with being seen and loved and valued when those things aren't occurring on a regular, consistent basis. Um, then we're gonna adapt, right? And so, what happens is, if I could tie all of this together, when we have experiences that threaten our safety. That's really like the basis of trauma. Our, our safety has been threatened, then we create safety. And it may not actually be real safety, but it's what makes us feel safer. Mm-hmm. If I've grown up or been in environments for a prolonged period of time where a person doesn't love me very well, isn't very kind to me, then my way of building safety is to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. So now I don't have to interact with people who are making me feel that way. I'm just gonna 
do this life on my own, which we know doesn't work very well. We're not designed to. uh, I always say to my clients, life is a team sport. You get to choose your team, (laughs) but you uh, you got to have a team. You can't do this by yourself. Um, But we'll isolate ourselves. And so a lot of what we see in our relationships is this 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 um, this uh, way of, of addressing the lack that we've had in our relationships with other people. Mm. And so when we take that lack, right, when we take that survival mode that we're in, when we take that, I've done my own safety to our relationship with God, now I have a problem, Mm. right? I have a problem because I'm expecting him to treat me the way that other people Mm. did. So if I don't show up in a certain way, then he's gonna treat me a certain way. It's a problem because God is not people, right? He's he he's, he doesn't operate the way that people operate, but we bring those expectations there, and so we don't have a way of of of, of addressing those things. They're going to keep showing up, and it's going to interfere with us believing God for who He actually is, mm. trusting that His character is what He what He describes it to be in the Bible. And it's one thing for you to tell me this is what you're supposed to do because this is what you're supposed to do. But it's different for you to say, I love you. Mm. I care Mm. about you. I see you. I want you. And because that's true, here's what I would like for you to do. Mm. That's going to be a different response than, well, this person just told me to do A, B, and C because because they wanted me to, because they're demanding me to, because I have to. That's different. And I think it's that space, that in-between space that makes it difficult for us to be obedient to God because we don't trust Mm. him. We don't believe him. And we have other experiences where this person was supposed to be my caretaker and they didn't show up. This person was supposed to love me and take care of me. This person was my parent and they were supposed to treat me in a certain way and they didn't. How can I learn how to trust again right and so when that's been broken and that hasn't been addressed then we're going to carry that right over to god and it's great when he gives us what we want right. <laughs> it's great when life is wonderful but as soon as life right and tiara touched on this in, in her um in her um episode with you guys when we're suffering mm. now I'm not sure if I could trust this guy, mm-hmm. right? This guy that we call Jesus, this guy that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he really gets what's happening here. So I have to create my own safety, which looks like my own right. obedience. It looks like my own way of living life. Right. Um, and so all of those things are tied together. Um, so it requires us to be intentional mm-hmm. about looking in the mirror and saying, wow, Where's this distrust showing up? Mm. Man, I may find myself saying the same thing to God that I said to my mama when I was younger. (laughs) Or wow, like, you know, like there's some patterns here. Our behavior isn't random. There are patterns to our behavior. So when we're intentional in those spaces, it helps us to be able to repair, uh, to heal, and to be able to come to God as God and not as uh, another version of another person that I had in my life before. Yeah, I, like, I like that, because you know, in the world, <laughs> man, you said a lot of good stuff. I know, wow. You said a lot of good stuff. Uh, praise but God. Like, yeah, praise um, God. Um, because I think back to like, there was, there was an, at some point somewhere, it's either a Bible study or something, I'm telling people, I was like, maybe you need to stop going to church and telling everybody everything. See, because you're, mm-hmm. you say it intentional and then you said reckless. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that, that, that's two lines. It's like, when I just mm-hmm. spew what I know, to the atmosphere, mm-hmm. it's reckless. When I mm-hmm. turn to God and I spew, okay, 
That's an intentional mm. step to uh, that's obedient because I can spew mm. to God and he mm-hmm. will never, like you said, he, you know, it's hard to understand it, but I think sometimes we have to try it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we sit there mm. like, I got to pray this way. I got, Sometimes I just, I'm like, let you have it, Lord. <laughs> and, and then he, he finds a way to show mm-hmm. me, Hey son, look, that we, we, we need to guide this. Um, and, and I, I really see that. I see that two aspects, um, in, in lives that, you know, when we throw it out here now, I'm not saying there's not good people out there. I'm not saying that you don't have good biblical people that listen to you and really care. But I think sometimes we get mm-hmm. so caught up in the spewing that we spew it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then mm-hmm. now that's become a reckless act instead of an intentional act. And we need to be in that intentional act. Yeah. I, as I said, right. we need, but I, I, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't want to trigger nobody mm-hmm. with the we need, <laughs> we, we need, but I mean, we, intentional is a good place to be when you're working through a re- relationship with Christ. There we yeah. Go. Yeah. No, you, you did say, you said so much oh, so good much. and I, and I'm praying that the people our friends that are listening right now around the world, it's amazing how many people yeah. are listening, that these things are things that unite us all. We all have been given a brain yeah. and there are mm-hmm. chemicals whizzing through it that somehow God made that set up to <laughs> interact with the soul and the spirit and everything else. And, and it's like, this is the reality. Our, like, what's amazing is our reality is actually right here, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where we're just that's us and you know and god is engaging with that and uh and i'm praying that everybody that's listening right now gets so many little nuggets that they can chew on at different times while they're washing the dishes while they're taking a walk while they're headed to work while they're you know feeding the baby all these things Mm -hmm. because these are the things that Mm -hmm. unite us you know there's that new king and country song you know about called relate where it's like i don't know what it's like to be you and you don't know what it's like to be me but we mm. have some very common things. Mm. And one of those common things that unites us is we can meet one another where we're at. We can sit mm. and be someone who listens to what the other person's going through without these expectations. We have the freedom to shed these harmful expectations that are actually at the root of what's killing us and our relationship with God mm. all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and by dropping some of these things, it frees us up to pick up things that actually will heal, help, and carry us through. Um, so I, if, oh. Yeah, no, I, I just want to, like, I think it's important too right now, if, and, and a question for you, because I know we're getting close to wrapping this thing up, but when people are looking for help, so mm-hmm. g- give us some, I, I know there's not like a, a perfect checklist, but there's got to be mm-hmm. something that they can look for when they're looking for that, that, that help. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, it kind of depends on what, what, what you're experiencing, what you might need. Um, I think at the root of this is self-awareness, right? And, and I believe that scripture supports us being self-aware. When it talks about in Matthew, like you need to deal with that, that log, that thing that's in your eye that's keeping you from, right? Like you need to be aware of what's going on with yourself and how that's impacting the people around you. And so at, at the basis, I think just about, and I, I put a little asterisk next to this, but just about any any counselor that you're going to sit in front of is going to help you with becoming more aware of yourself. And I think that's a that's a great place to start. I think that um, when it comes to um, our relationships, back going back to behaviors, some of the things that are very tangible for us to see, let's start there. Start with the things. Okay, this is what I tell my clients. I say start where you are. 
some of us miss God <laughs> because we are where we wish that we were and not where we actually mm. are. God is meeting us where we are. Oh, wow, yeah. We're not with him because we're not with ourselves, <laughs> right? We're somewhere else. We, this person that we wish that we were, this the way that we wish we would have responded to this season, the way that someone else said that we, we should be, right? Because we're in leadership or because we know these passages or because we've shown up in whatever type of way, I think we miss things because we're trying to be somewhere mm. else. And if we're just where we're at, just be where you're at. If it's a hard season, it's a hard season. If, if, if you don't want to read your Bible right now, let's just start there. Great. Let's start with where you are instead of trying to be somewhere that we're not. I think that gets in the way. And and, and unfortunately, we don't always have places where it's safe for us to be. Um, and so we have to be somewhere else because it's not safe to be where we actually are. But being where we are and, and being in and in, in, in going to a counselor helps to provide that that safe, non-judgmental space to be able to start to explore what that even means. You think about people who've been dealing with things for years, right? Who's been running for years, who have been avoiding for years. They don't even know. They just know that their lives aren't wh what they want them to be. They know they're not happy. They know they don't feel purposeful. They know that, that there's more to what life can look like, but they don't even know where to start. And so wherever a, place, a person can go where it's safe, that's where they should go. And this is where limitations is huge because I think this is where there's been issues, specifically when I say the, the black church community around mental health has been a, a, ma a major issue because people haven't embraced like, I don't, I don't know how to help you with your anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's a limit for me. Let me let's let's Google. Let's call some folks. Let me let me check and see how I can get you to the help that you need. But when we sit in front of people and we act like we have the answers and we act like we can show up in any kind of way. And well, we're just going to do this and we're going to pray, pray, right. pray as I'm going to a counselor so I can deal with my stuff. Right. Like you want to read scripture. Yes. Read scripture as we're going somewhere where somebody can help me work through this. We're not. We're not honest about our limitations. And so it goes back to being where you are, or maybe you're great with it, but you're overwhelmed and you're being pulled in too many different directions. And you're not able to give this person that's in front of you the space and time and energy and attention that's needed to support them with where they are. Then help them get somewhere where they can actually get that. And, and, and we don't want to admit our limitations. We don't want to say, I don't have time. My calendar's full. Right. Because that's not godly. Right? <laughs> it's not godly to do that. Right. And so we don't want to admit those things. But there's there's a need right. for us to say, hey, something's not working here. And I think a counselor is a great place to start. I also say that I don't think therapy is the end all be all of, of all things. I actually don't think therapy would exist if the church did what the church is <laughs> right, called to right. do. I don't think counseling would even be a thing. I think people would get the non-judgmental love, kind, patience that they need to go through trials in their church community. But, you know, and then you have those extremes where people who have legitimate mental right. illness that need to see a professional. Um, that's a thing as well. But most of what I encounter with my clients and most of what is occurring is individuals who don't have the skills, the life skills to deal with their emotions, to make decisions, to navigate their relationships. And then they make 
choices, right? That sabotage all of those things. And now I'm mad at God. I'm mad at God because my marriage is failing when my communication sucks. And instead of me going to a counselor to help me with communication, or instead of me admitting that maybe I just don't do well in this space and get some help, my relationship is suffering when maybe it doesn't have to. So I think if we're honest about where we are, then we can actually get to the help that we need. But as long as we are in denial about that, for whatever reason, we're, that's really the barrier, in my opinion, uh, to people getting getting that help. Mm. Again, it comes back to identity and a grasp on it, at least to some degree. Some and degree. I love it. I love it so mm-hmm. much. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, thank you so much. You have dropped so <laughs> much. I love it. I, love it. I, I always feel so fed at the end of these interviews and I pray that everyone else does too. So before we go, how can people mm-hmm. connect with you? And, and like, what are some resources that you want us to drop in the show notes? Yes. So um, I have a practice called Cultivated Hearts. Um, I'm actually transitioning out of therapy, but we have some really awesome things that we're supporting people um, through, particularly with mental health education. And we get gain awareness through education. Some people were like, I don't have anxiety. I don't have that problem. And so we talk about, well, what exactly is anxiety? It's like, oh, okay. I've had that my whole life. I didn't know that was what that was, right? And so education is huge. And so um, on Mondays, we do this thing called Mental Health Monday. I hop on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube Live, and we talk about different little things that come up with with mental health. We've talked about suicide. We've talked about how to care for a loved one who has mental illness issues. Um, We've talked about um, technology and Mm. how to take care of ourselves. That's every Monday at 830. So that's a great place to stop by. We have a women's health group that we do on on the first and third Wednesday of every month. And basically, we talk about different things that impact women taking care of themselves. We have moms, we have married people, we have single people, we have older people, we have younger people. And basically, it's just a great space. And then the best place for people to, to link up with us, if not on social media or in addition to social media, is to sign up for our newsletters. Our website is uh, www.cultivated-hearts.com. Um, so I'll make sure you have that as well. Um, yeah, they can go there to sign up for the newsletter and just see what else we have we have going That's on. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. You can also get all those links in the show notes, everybody. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Pantry Podcast, part of the Spark Podcast Network, now playing on the Edify app.